Praise God. Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Pastor Mike here. Glad you could join us. Why don't we go straight to prayer? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much, O Lord God, for this time that we have here together, together like this, to study your word, O Lord. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you will continue to be with us, O Lord God. We pray that Holy Spirit will give us a fresh anointing from the crown of our heads to the very soles of our feet, O Lord God, to, to see and to hear and to most importantly understand your word, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. Let there be a fresh anointing here today. Heavenly Father, I give this time and this space entirely over to you. Take it where you will for your honor and your glory and your praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen, amen, and amen. Praise God, praise God. That's going to start out by saying to you, do you think it's it's uh, possible to starve if you're eating? If you're eating, do you think it's possible to starve? Okay, well, obviously, if you're eating, it's not going to starve. You know, it, it's very, very hard for us to starve, but to starve. But if you go long enough without food, then, of course, eventually you become weak, you know. And, and the weaker you get, of course, then, you know, that can present more and more problems to you, okay. However, it's hard to starve to death if you're being fed. Therefore, being fed is providing or giving nourishment or sustenance to a person, a plant, or an animal for that matter. And if, if you are providing that nourishment or, or feeding it, it continues to flourish and it continues to grow. And over time, the organism, the person, the plant, or the, the animal, it becomes stronger and stronger. Okay? Well, so it is with one of, one of the most powerful enemies that Satan assigns to us especially to us Christians, okay? The same thing applies to one of the most powerful enemies that Satan assigns to us, and that enemy's name is doubt, okay? It's none other than doubt. This enemy named doubt is just like any other organism, okay? It can grow if it is being fed. And the more we feed that old spirit of doubt, the stronger it gets in our lives, okay? The more you feed it, the stronger it gets in our lives. Doubt and unbelief, saints of God, Doubt and unbelief are big problems for Christians. Doubt and unbelief are negative and discouraging. They cause us to make poor decisions and poor choices in our lives, which wind up making our lives difficult. Okay, that's what that spirit of doubt does. Okay, it, it causes us to make poor choices and, and bad decisions. Okay, that spirit of doubt, it, it causes us to say things like, you know, I wish I had a better job. Uh, I wish my kids would behave. I wish I had better relationships. I wish, I wish, I wish. Well, Saint, you know, we need to stop wishing for things. All right? We need to stop wishing for things and to make up our minds that God will help us to have wisdom. God will help us to make good choices. God will help us to overcome our trials and tribulations in this life if we will put our faith in him. And again, I, I underscore, if we will put our trust and faith in him. Amen. Another way we struggle with doubt and unbelief is by thinking that God won't help us because he, we haven't done everything exactly right, okay? Or believing that God is willing to help all the people that are around us. You know, we see other people around us, you know, prospering or doing well and everything, and we start wondering how come doubt God will not, will, will not help us. So that's that spirit of doubt, again, playing in us, okay, and growing in us, okay? Doubt and unbelief can outgrow faith. If it is continually fed, let me repeat that doubt and unbelief can outgrow faith if it is continuously fed, if it is continuously fed. So therefore, we've got to starve it. OK, you've got to starve that spirit of doubt. So the question is, then, how can we stop feeding it? How can we stop feeding that doubt and wind up starving it? OK, now, on the other hand, we must also understand that the enemy of doubt is faith. Right. The enemy of doubt is faith. 
God does not expect perfection from us. God works in our lives through faith. He wants us to trust him, to believe in him, to have faith in him, and to have a hopeful, positive attitude. All right? He wants us to expect him to do good things in our lives. How many of us actually expect that God will do good things in our lives? More importantly, how many of us really expect that God can do good things in our lives? Okay, Or do we wind up feeding that, that spirit of doubt, that doubt of letting this monster just grow okay, and, and start um, having less and less faith in God? He wants us to expect for him to do good things in our lives. So therefore, as, as Christians, we must learn to starve our doubts and feed our faith. Let me say again, we must learn to starve our doubts and to feed our faith. Okay. Remember that what is not fed starves and dies. What is not fed starves and dies. But on the other hand, what is being fed flourishes and it winds up growing. Okay. So we want to, to starve our doubts and to feed our faith. And I'm going to say this a few times during this message. We want to starve our doubt and feed our faith. Okay. So bottom line is, how does all of this start? You say, how does all of this start? Well, the enemy named doubt is often fed by our words. The enemy named doubt is often fed by our words. Those little things that just trickle off our tongues and off our lips so easily. We greatly underestimate the impact of our words. We underestimate the impact, the power of our spoken words. We greatly misunderstand the impact of the negative things that we speak. How many negative things do you speak, do you profess or confess during the course of a day? Within the space of an hour, how many negative things have you said? We don't really understand and fully appreciate, you know, the impact of the spoken word and especially negative words in our lives, okay? We greatly underestimate that power of that spoken word, I say again. God used, God himself used the spoken word in the act of creation. Amen. So let's go to the first book of Genesis. Okay. God used the, the uh, spoken word in the act of creation. And we're going to jump through the first chapter of, uh, of Genesis. Yeah, I just want to focus on a few specific scriptures where God said, God spoke forth the word. Okay. And we start with Genesis 1, uh, chapter, uh, verse number 3. Sorry. Genesis chapter 1, verse number 3. And God said, let there be light. In the original Hebrew, it said, uh, uh, God said, light be. Amen. But it says, God said, let there be light. And there was, was light. It doesn't say that God thought, God pondered. It said, God said, God spoke light into existence. We then go down to uh, chapter six, uh, verse number six. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Again, God said. God spoke it forth. We go down to verse number nine. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And then we go to verse number 11 and we see that it says, and God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed and the fruit tree uh, yielding fruit after his kind whose seeds is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. Go down to verse number 14. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. Okay. Now I submit to you the reason that the scriptures actually point out that God said, I mean, I dare say Holy Spirit could have inspired it to, it to be wrote, you know, oh, and God pondered and so forth. And then just go through and say, God pondered that, that there, there'd be light and so on like that. Boom, boom, boom. But it's, it's, it specifically says that God said. So this is giving us an indication here that God, the creator, um, uh, put 
put, put at its foundation, at his foundation of creation, the whole concept of speaking forth what shall be, what shall be, okay? Jesus also used the spoken word, okay? Let's go to, uh, let's go to Matthew, Matthew chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4, verse number 1. Go to Matthew chapter 4, verse number 1. And I'm going to pause just for a second here and say that if you don't have your Bible, to please hit the pause button on this message and go and uh, and go and grab your grab your Bible and come back and join us so that you can read and see the word for yourself. This way, it really becomes more meaningful to you. Highlight the word, underline things that we talk about here today, so that later on, for future reference, you can revisit those scriptures as Holy Spirit will guide. Will guide. So we go here to chapter four to our, um, these very uh, well-known uh, events that happened here with Jesus in the wilderness here, okay? And this is after he was baptized, by the way, by John the Baptist, and so then Jesus goes to the wilderness. And it says that when Jesus led was led uh, up to the Spirit, I'm sorry, was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward hungry. And when the tempter came to him, he said, if thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Now here we see that old spirit of doubt trying to even operate in Jesus. It says, if thou be the Son of God, okay? Satan knew very well who Jesus was. Satan knew that he was the Son of God or is the Son of God. Yes, so he's trying to plant that doubt, if at all he even thought that was possible, to plant that doubt in Jesus' mind, okay? If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he, being Jesus, he answered and said doesn't say, hmm, Jesus thought. It says that Jesus said, it is written. It is written. Here we, here we have Jesus, the Son of God, referring back to the Word of God, referring back to Scripture, okay? And said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then it goes on in verse number five, and it's five and says, Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He will give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against the stone. Verse number seven comes back, and Jesus said unto him, again, there's the word said, God, Jesus said unto him, it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again, the devil taketh him up unto an hiding, uh, unto an exceeding high mountain, and showed him all of the kingdoms of the earth, of the world, and the glory of them, and saith unto him, all these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. See, again, this is, this is Satan's ultimate goal. Okay, to get us to bow down and to worship him. All right? He wants the glory taken away from God. He does not like us glorifying and worshiping God. He wants us to bow down and to worship him. And he will use any ploy, any tactic that he can. He will use that old spirit of doubt to come upon us in so many ways, so many insidious ways. You know, he's a sneaky guy. You know, he really hits you face on, the devil, really hits you face on. He's very, very sneaky. So he comes in by planting those seeds of doubt in your mind. His most powerful weapon, planting those seeds of doubt in your mind to make you doubt who you are and to doubt who God is and to doubt who you are. You are in God, who you are in Jesus Christ. He loves to plant that seed of doubt. All right. So he says, so he says that you know, if you'll just bow down and worship me. Verse number 10 says, Then saith Jesus, saith, Jesus didn't think it. It says, saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Okay? Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only wilt thou serve. 
Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Okay, so we see here from these scriptures that each, every single point of the way, when the devil came at him, when he tried to plant that spirit of doubt, what did Jesus do? He didn't sit back and ponder. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He spoke forth the word of God, the spoken word. He knew the power of speaking forth the word of God to the enemy to defeat him. And then you see after that third time, the devil left him and behold, the angels came and ministered to him. All right. Now, this is what we need to do also. When that devil comes into our lives and that spirit of doubt comes at us, we need to be able to quote back the word of God, what God says about the situation, what God says about your healing, what God says about your finances, what God says about you getting a new job, with, 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 um, with what God says about you um, of succeeding, whatever it is that you're trying to do. You need to grab that word of God and know what it says about, about the loved ones, the family member, your kids who are just you know, driving you nuts or whatever it is, the school situation, whatever it is, you need to use that word of God and to speak it forth, to speak it forth in those times of trouble. Okay, no signs of tribulation. All right, because we see it that the spoken word is very important, very very important. Okay, if you go to the book of Proverbs, if you go to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs eighteen. Okay, Proverbs eighteen, verse twenty. Okay, the word is very specific about this. You know, you know the the, the, the spoken word and and how much of a weight it can have. Okay, Proverbs chapter eighteen, verse number twenty. Verse number 20 says, a man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. And what is the fruit of your mouth? It's the words that come out of it. Okay. Okay. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Please underline that if you don't already have it underlined. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Okay, so therefore we wind up eating, or our lives wind up being impacted by the fruit of our mouth, which is that spoken word. And death and life is in the power of the tongue. Okay, so that means that we have a choice, and do we speak death to our lives, or do we speak life to our lives? Okay, now speaking death to our lives, you know, you know, I'm not saying that you say the wrong thing that you're going to drop dead because of what you said automatically and things like that. Okay, but what I'm saying is that you can speak death to your to your situations, you know, you, you know or, or you can prophesy on, on less than less than meaningful things happening in your life if you're always confessing negative things. Because what you speak out of your mouth, it has power. It has the, the ability to 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 form your reality. All right. The words out of your mouth have the ability to form your reality. The words, the words out of your mouth have the ability to form your reality, present and future. Present and future. Okay. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Okay. So we see that according to the word of God. Okay. We also go now to, to Matthew, Matthew chapter 12. Verse number 33. Matthew 12, verse number 33. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're talking about here the spoken word, okay, and how it relates to doubt and all of the things that, that go on in our lives. Verse 33 says, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and its fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by its fruit. Let me read that again. Either make the tree good and the fruit, and, and he, I'm sorry, let me start again. Either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. 
for the tree is known by its fruit. The tree is known by its fruit. O generation of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Okay? So what is in your heart? What is, is in deep in your heart, deep in your spirit? That's what you wind up speaking for. Okay? That's what you wind up speaking for. All right? A, a good man out of the good treasure of the heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. Okay? A good man out of the good treasure of the heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. Okay? Okay? So what you are deep down in here, what you are deep down in here is, wind, is what winds up uh, determining your actions and what you wind up doing. Okay? All right? With who you really are down in here determines what the actions that are that you live out in your life. Okay? It's very, very hard for someone that has evil intentions deep within their heart to do nothing but evil things, all right, okay? I mean, you, you, you can do all you want about someone who has been breaking the law. I mean, I'm talking about really some violent laws or even some, 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 uh, some, some, some not, maybe some nonviolent laws. I mean, you got someone that is perpetually stealing, constantly stealing what is in his heart. There's larceny, there's theft that is in his heart. That's why that person is acting this out all of the time because deep in his heart, he doesn't see anything wrong with doing it in the first place. That's why he's doing it. Okay? okay, someone that is good, goodness will come from them. Goodness will come from them. All right, it's very, very hard for evil to come from someone that has a very, very good heart. Okay, when I say good, I'm talking about Holy Spirit driven, you, you, you know, God involved, you know, God filled heart. Someone who is trying his or her best to be to be a strong, a good Christian. That person that is trying so much to live a good life, it's very, very difficult for evil to come from that person. Person, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. Okay, thirty six says, but I say unto you. That every idle word that men shall speak, every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words, for by thy words, for by thy words, thou shalt be justified. And by thy words, and by thy words, and by thy words, thou shalt be condemned. Okay? So the word of God is crystal clear on the power of the spoken word. Okay, it's very, very important for us to get that deep down in our spirits too. Because so many times we just say so many, so many, many negative things. We make so many negative confessions. I mean, you, you know, right away if some little minor things are, you know, I don't know, you drive into the parking space. I, don't, I always ask the Lord to give me a parking space driving into any in any parking lot when I'm going to the store or wherever it may be. And it looks crowded and whatnot. I say, the Lord, in the name of Jesus, you know, I believe that I'll find a good parking space. And I'm confessing my belief. I don't drive into that parking space looking at the car. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, looking at all these, all these cars I see, all these people. Boy, I'm probably never ever going to get a parking space. That's making a negative confession. Okay, so by the words of my mouth, by the words of my mouth, more than likely I will not find that parking space. Okay, and I'm telling you, conversely, the other way around, every single time I've driven into a parking lot, I've always found a space. I've always found a space. Amen? Amen. So what I'm saying to you is something as little and as minimal as that. You try it out for yourself. You try it yourself. I mean, how many times do you just make negative, negative confessions out of your mouth and you say negative things just because there's a little indication that something might not be going the way you want it to be? 
Okay, you know, even even dealing even dealing with our kids. Okay, you you're constantly saying to that kid who does something wrong, "Oh, you stupid! Hey, come here, stupid! Didn't I tell you so and so and so? Come here, stupid! Didn't I say this? Why do you do this, stupid? What are you confessing upon that kid? Stupidity, because you're calling that kid stupid, and it's coming out of your mouth. It's coming out of your mouth. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Okay, okay." Okay. It, 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 it can change not only things dealing with us, but it can change things dealing with situations and those that are around us. All right. So be mindful, be aware of the things that come out of your mouth. Okay. One of the things I, I try to always stop saying is, is, is you know, I used to have the habit of saying, man, I saw so and so and so, and that just blew my mind, just blew my mind. And one day the Lord said to me, yeah, wouldn't it be something if your mind did blow? Do you know what you're saying out of your mouth? All right. Why would I be confessing that my mind is going to explode? Amen. So something even as simple as that, you know, I stopped saying, wow, that blew my mind. All right. You need to be careful what you are saying out of your mouth. Okay. Now you say, oh, well, pastor, those are some silly examples. I mean, Jesus, those are, those are just common expressions. Saying of God, I say to you, you don't know how many times based on the concept of what I'm saying to you about being careful about what comes out of your mouth. I've heard Christians, I've heard non-Christians even, okay, okay, speak, speak the darndest things about situations to come in their lives, the negative confessions that they make, you know, confessing that things will not go right, okay, you'd be surprised how many people actually do that, and as a result, they wind up that things do not go right, and they never, never stop to think about maybe they didn't go right because I said they wouldn't go right, okay, all right, okay. In business and in organizational circles, there's a concept that's called self-fulfilling prophecy. And this is among people that are, that are not even Christian. I mean, this is a, a, secular, a secular term, you know, self-fulfilling prophecy, which means that what you say about your business, what you prophesy about your business will be self-fulfilled because of the fact that you said it. Because you said it. Okay. All right. There are many, many business, business owners, old school business owners. I remember, remember back east in a part of town where they had a lot of small businesses there, you know, you know, um, that catered to like bargain hunting and things like that. You, you know, you know, they would never let their morning start off without something positive happening because they did not want to wind up talking badly about their receipts for the, for that particular day. So you need to be careful about what it is that you are saying out of your mouth. And you see, again, we read all the scriptures about how the spoken word was used by God, the father, and also used by Jesus. So there must be something to it, okay? There must be something to it when God says, For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. And that death and life is in the power of the tongue. You think God just wrote that in there just for the sake of throwing it in because it sounded cool? You know, you know, God the creator who spoke creation into existence, in this existence is giving us a hint. <laughs> He's telling us, he says, I'm telling you, how you use your tongue is important. What you say out of your mouth is important. Amen? 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 And it all works very nicely with that old spirit of doubt who is out there trying to get you to really give up on God anyway, because ultimately the goal is to get you to give up on God and to bow down to Satan, okay? Because things are going oh so wrong now with God, I'm going to go to the other side and I'm going to bow down to Satan. You know? And you say, oh, well, Pastor, I would never do that. I would never do that. Oh, no? You let the screws really, you know, get start getting turned on you. Let the screws in your life really start getting, let the pressure starts getting turned up. You'd be surprised how many people I know that had given up on God. They had. Because things in their life got challenging, got difficult. 
So they thought they'd take the easy way out and they bowed down to Satan. Now, did they go over to devil worship and thing? I'm not saying that, but they bowed down in that they stopped going to church. They stopped reading the Bible. They stopped having faith in God. Okay. Okay. They start, they, they, they stopped having God in that deep in their heart of hearts with trust and faith. That's how they started bowing down. And it's also subtle. Happens over time, many times, often gradually. Okay. You know, those of you who know me, you've heard me say a million times, the whole thing about the frog. You know, you, you, you put a frog in hot water, it's going to try to skin, you know, to, to get out of there right, right away. It will react to the heat all of a sudden. But you put a, put a frog in some cold water and slowly, slowly turn up the flame. Okay, he just kind of just lays there in the water and doesn't realize that he's being cooked. Well, that's what the devil does to you. It's very, very gradual, very, very gradual. Starts off by doing little things, you know, and then you, well, it's okay if I do that, you know. Oh, it's okay if I do that. Or it's okay if I say that. I was only joking. I didn't really mean it, okay. Life and death is in the power of the tongue, so you need to watch what you say because that opens the door for that spirit of doubt to be further uh, ingrained, further further dug in, uh, in in your spirit. Amen? So the way you fight the devil is by opening your mouth and saying what God says to get back to the scriptures here. That's how you fight him. You open your mouth and you repeat. You speak forth. The fruit of your tongue are the words of God. And you can't do that if you don't know the word of God. So it gets back to my, all of my previous sermons. Many times we talked about reading the Word of God and praying so that you know what the Word of God says about you, what the Word of God says about your life, what the Word of God says about your situation. Because believe it or not, believe it or not, your situation is in the Word of God. It's in the Word of God. And when you have a difficult time going on in your life, when there's, when there's issues and it feels like, you know, you know the, the, the things of life, life are just so heavy upon you, that answer is in the Word of God. There's nowhere to find it. You need to, to let Holy Spirit guide you to it. This is why I always say before you pray, especially if you're going through a difficult time, before you read the Word of God, always pray before you do it. Ask the Lord to, to, to help you to navigate to where His Word answers and speaks to your particular situation. Because it's there. It's there. Everything to deal with our lives is in this Word of God right here. Everything. Okay, there's nothing, absolutely nothing that could pop up on the radar for us that hasn't already been addressed in the Word of God, if you know where to find, to, to find it. Okay, and of course, Holy Spirit can guide you there. Okay, so we have to fight the devil, okay, by opening our mouth and saying what God says. The way that you starve doubt is by opening your mouth and saying what God says. Okay, remember I said to starve doubt and to feed faith. So the way you starve doubt is by opening your mouth and confessing and saying what the Word of God says. Okay, just don't, don't let the, the uh, devil use your mind as a garbage dump. <laughs> Amen. Don't let the devil use your mind as, as a garbage dump. You know, not by, not by a long shot. Okay, every day you need, to, you need to say something good is going to happen to me today. Okay. Get in the habit of saying that, okay? Matter of fact, repeat this after me. Let's do this. Just repeat it three times so you kind of get to feel for it. Something good is going to happen to me today. Again, something good is going to happen to me today. Again, something good is going to happen to me today, okay? And if you happen to be playing this podcast and it's nighttime and whatnot, you know, and you're about to turn in after you hear the, you hear the uh, podcast, then you confess, as soon as I get up in the morning, something good is going to happen to me. 
Okay, but get in the habit of confessing that with your mouth and say it out loud. Say it out loud. Amen. And, and when you were just repeating after me, if you, you happen to be listening to this podcast um, in your room by yourself, maybe you felt a little, little foolish, you know, because no one is there to hear it, you know. But oh, yes, someone is there to hear it. God is there to hear it. God is there to hear your confession, your confession of faith saying that something good is going to happen to me today. Something good is going to happen to me today. Something good is going to happen in my life to relieve the situation, to change the situation. Something good, something good, something good. Amen. Amen. You know, you, you need to get to the point where you, you can start saying, um, I can hardly wait to see what God is going to do in my life today. You know, think of each day when you get up as a new adventure. You know, first of all, praise God, because while you were asleep and dreaming whatever dreams you had. Amen. 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 There's a battle going on in the spiritual realm for your very soul. Okay, so the fact that you wake up the next day among the land of the living, thank God for, for watching over you during, during the, uh, the night and giving you another beautiful day of life. And then say, okay, Lord God, what do you have in store for me today? Let's go. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. Lord, let's go. Lead me out the door. When you leave the door, come on, God, let's go. You go to get in your car, come on, Lord, let's get in the car and go. If you go to get on the bus or the train or whatever mode of transportation you use, come on, Lord, let's go. What do you have in store for me today? What are my marching orders? I can hardly wait to see what you're going to do for me. Speaking positive things out of your mouth. Speaking forth what God says in his word about how he loves you and how he has wonderful things planned for you. Okay? Remembering that, that, that he knew you before time, before the foundations of the earth, the word of God says. So if God knows you, that means that he knows what it is that he has in mind for you. And the word of God, his word says that there's nothing but good things that he has in mind for you. So, Lord, I hardly can wait to see what you're going to do to, to me, do for me today, you know. And you especially need to speak this when the devil is trying to flood your mind with doubts. That's when you really, really need to say it. When that devil has that spirit of doubt that's on you, boy, mm, like white on rice, you need to really rise up and say, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you right now, spirit of doubt, because I am looking forward to what my Lord God Jehovah has in store for me today, and I'm ready to go with him, and I will defeat you, spirit. In the name of Jesus, I will defeat you. Okay? Okay? It's a done deed. Jesus came so that you may have life abundantly. Abundantly doesn't mean for you to be dragging through every day and worried about every single situation, you know, walking back and forth like you've got a, a ball and chain on your foot and just kind of dragging through life. That's not the intent. That's not a part of God's plan for your life. Okay? So, so you've got to starve that doubt. Okay? Starve it. Starve that doubt by stop feeding it. Stop feeding it with your worry. Stop feeding it with your negative confessions out of your mouth. You know? Oh, gee, now that this happened, so-and-so-and-so is going to probably happen. You're confessing it. You're confessing it. Okay? I'm going to the store to buy this. Man, I can't wait to... Boy, I've been waiting for this product to come online. You know, you know, for the longest time, I saved my money for it. I'm ready to go get it. And then on the way down to the store, oh, boy, Eddie, probably, there's probably none left. This item so popular is probably all sold out. Well, you just spoke it for and chances are when you get there, it will be all, all sold out. Amen? Amen? Get out of that habit of speaking negativity into your life. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. So you especially need to remember to speak forth the good things. Speak forth the word of God when that devil is trying to flood your mind with his doubts. You know, you know, we got to get to the point that we, we, we doubt our doubts. 
because doubts are based on demonic lies. That's what doubts are based on. Okay? Doubts are based on demonic lies. Okay? Okay? What did Satan say to Eve in the garden there? Did God said you would surely die? Yeah, God did. <laughs> okay? Let demonic lie. God just said that because he doesn't want you to be like him. Demonic lie. Demonic lie. Okay? Okay? And that's what the devil does in your life. He speaks lies to you. Speaks lies to you. And that is what fosters your doubt. Okay? God said you're going to get a promotion. You start, oh, gee, oh, I, I, I'm not. I'm this. I'm that. I'm that. God said you're going to get a new car. Oh, gee, oh, gee. When I get to the, when I get to the dealership, they're probably going to be all out of that model and they won't even be able to find another one within my price range. And, you know, oh, gee, oh, gee, oh, gee, oh, gee. Okay? Speaking forth negativity. Okay? Remember what God said, God said, God said. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. You've got to starve that doubt and start feeding your faith. Okay? All right? You may be thinking, well, you know, I just can't help it. You know, I wish I could believe and doubt. I wish I could believe and not doubt, I should say. You say in your mind, I wish I could believe and not doubt. But the truth is you can. You can. This may seem to be so, it may seem like this is so difficult for you to do because you're saying to me, but pastor, it is so hard for me to have that faith and not doubt. And I'm saying to you, it is possible. It is possible. Okay. Think about this, saying of God. Think, think about this. God would not tell us to believe in him if it wasn't possible for us to do it. Okay. Let me repeat that. Okay. Okay. God, God would not be telling us constantly all throughout his word to believe in him if it wasn't possible for us to do so, if it wasn't possible for us to believe in him, okay? In other words, God would not be telling us to do something if it is impossible. What sense would that make? If God is saying that is believe in him, then that means that it's possible for you to believe in him. So the only one that is stopping you from believing in him is you. Because God said to believe in him. So that means if he says believe in him, that means that you can. You can physically, spiritually believe in God. Period. It's all up to you. I can't do it. The Pope can't do it. So-and-so can't do it. So-and-so can't do it. Your pastor can't do it. It's up to you. And God would not have said to do so if it was not possible for you to do so. We can defeat doubt and unbelief if we just know how to do it. Okay? We can, we can defeat doubt and unbelief if we simply know how to do it. So then the question is, of course, how do we do it? How do we believe God and live by faith? How do we believe God and live by faith? Romans 10, 17, you don't have to go there right now, but Romans 10, 17 tells us how. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But as we previously discussed on that topic, your heart has to be right and not hardened. Okay, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith comes by you hearing the word of God. Okay, And you're hearing the word of God now. So this should be boosting, boosting your faith. It should be helping you to grow your faith as long as your heart doesn't get hardened uh, against God where you start making up your mind that you're simply not going to believe. Because God said you can believe. It's kind of like a man of you turning on the light switch. Say, okay, God, I'm going to believe you. And then you can, you can continue to, uh, to, to believe that you can believe him. 
<laughs> Amen. 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 The key here, the key here is that the, is the word of God. We need to love the word of God and we need to go after it like we go after food. Okay. Now, for some of us out there, I'm sure that means more than others, okay? But we need to go after the Word of God the way we go after food. Many of us love to go after food. Amen. I love to go after strawberry shortcakes, as those that know me know, that know me are aware. Amen. Amen. But however, you know, going after the Word of God is certainly a lot more beneficial to me than going after strawberry shortcake. But we need to go after the Word of God the same way we go after food. After food, when you're really, really hungry, when you're really, really hungry, you go to eat something. When we're hungry, we'll usually do whatever we need to do to get some food. Again, that varies by degrees for, 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 for many of us. It differs how, how hard and fast and how hard some will fight to get, to get a morsel of food. Okay? Some like chicken. I like pork chops. Okay? Okay? You put a good meal in front of me, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm no stranger, stranger to a nice meal. Many of us love a good meal. So the same way we go after a good meal, even if it's junk food or whatever, you go after that junk food, you know, you go after that meal, you go after that food. We need to also want the, the, the word of God in the same manner, okay, with the same level of, of, of zeal and zest to get it. You got to love that word because that word, that, that word is, is, is food to your spirit. That word of God is food to your spirit, okay? So if we're going to, starve our doubts and feed our faith, then we've got to, to feed it with that food and the food is the word of God. The food is the word of God. That's where you get your sustenance. That's where your spiritual body grows. That's where your spiritual body prospers. The same way when we eat physical food, our physical body benefits. Our, our, our physical body prospers. Our physical body grows if we eat too much. Amen. 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 But if you're feeding something, it's going to flourish and it's going to grow and it's going to prosper. That's what we need to do with our, our faith. Starve that doubt and feed that faith. Okay? Okay? Starve that doubt and feed your faith. God's word, it's, it's medicine, the word of God says, for your soul. And it's the food that we need to keep our spirit strong. God's word has inherent power to change our lives, but only when mixed with faith. God's word can change your life. It has such power to it if it's mixed with faith. You can read the word of God. There are many people who are gifted with such memories that they can memorize the Bible just about from, from cover to cover. But if there's no faith mixed in with that, then all they've done was a tremendous, a phenomenal memory job. job. But it is not beneficial to their lives if their faith is not linked to that word. Amen? Amen? If there's no faith linked to the word that is in your, your mouth or is in your mind or is in your heart, then there's no power there. Okay? The word of God has explosive power to change things in our lives. Present and future. Amen? Amen? But if there's no faith mixed with that, then it's just a bunch of words. How many realize that? words on this paper here, this in this book that we're looking at, it's a collection of ink on, on paper, okay? Varying colors, red and black, if you've got a red letter Bible, Jesus' words in red, okay? But they're written words, they're printed words. You and I could sit down and read through it over a period of time, we could read through it, 
But in reading those passages and reading those scriptures, if there's no faith linked to it, linked to it, if there's no understanding, then 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 those words on this page are, are, are totally meaningless. They're not going to do two cents for you. You're not going to benefit. Your faith is not going to flourish. Therefore, your life is not going to prosper. Amen? Amen? Starve that doubt and feed that faith. God's word has this power. As you study and speak the word, be sure to also think and talk about the good things that God has done in your life and not the problems. Think about the good things that God did in your life and not the problems. Okay? Okay. You know, the other way that the devil gets to, to, to uh, channel us and get us into his direction is that he keeps reminding us of the failures in our lives, of the things that we did, or things that we didn't do, okay? where, we, we, where we didn't follow what God wanted us to do, and we knew that God wanted us to do it, but we didn't do it. So Satan has a way of constantly reminding you of things like that. Amen? Okay. So you got to stop doing that. you got to start remembering what the word of God for and start speaking forth life to your life. Remember to think about how you need to, to, to starve that spirit of doubt. Starve it. And the way you starve that thing is by stop believing it and start feeding your faith because faith is the opposite of doubt. Okay? If you know who you are, all right, all things being equal and your, your mental state is okay and you, all, you have all your faculties, okay, is there any of you out there who are, who are unsure of your name and of who you are? No, forget about being a Christian. I'm just saying just simply you, you. You know, John Doe, John James, Susie Miller, whatever your name is out there, you know who you are. Is there any doubt in your mind about who you are? Again, again, I say all things being, being, being equal. You know, you have all your mental faculties and so on. You know, it's very hard for someone to, to make you doubt who you are, what your name is. Okay? Well, that's the same power, the same strength of doubt in knowing who you are, that you should know who you are in Christ Jesus. The same commitment. Who you are in Christ Jesus. Know that you know that you know that you know. And no one, no one, no one, no one, no demon, not Satan himself can convince you and tell you of who you are. The Holy Spirit ministers to you. No one can change or take that away from you if you know him. Amen, amen, amen. So go forth and remember to starve that doubt and feed your faith. And you'll start seeing things really changing in your life, okay? And this I prophesy to you with surety in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time that we've had with you, Lord God. And we pray that as we go forth into the balance of the day or evening that will be ahead of us and the week and months ahead, that we shall remember these words, oh Lord God, and start putting an end to that spirit of doubt who would try to hover so much in our lives, oh Lord God, and to start really feeding our faith by reading and understanding your word and by praying to you and seeking your face, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. We thank you so much for speaking to us today, O oh Lord God, and we pray that you continue to be with us through the balance of the day or evening. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen, amen, and amen. Praise God, praise God. If you're being blessed by these messages, okay, don't forget to come by and visit us and pass the link on to someone that you know, a family member, friend, a loved one, or even give it to someone who may be giving you a hard time, you know, because God does not want them to perish either. You know, he would love if they would just turn their lives around and come to him in the name of Jesus. Amen. So so we can be found at the regular website is uh, www.genesis-1.org. 
Okay, and then the podcast site where you're listening to this podcast on is www.genesis1.sermon.net. Okay, genesis1.sermon.net. Okay, and when you get to that particular website, look up in the upper right hand corner, you'll see a subscribe button. Click on that subscribe button and uh, you'll be subscribed to these messages so that when they come out, you'll be automatically notified. Amen. So I pray all is well with you and that as you go through the balance of the day and the week and month ahead, uh, be blessed and remember that Jesus is Lord. Amen.